0: Welcome to Lead Today with me, Kalina. Let's talk leadership. In there. So hey, I'll make sure that we're recording because I have the tendency to go into conversations and miss some of the best parts for the show. <laughs> so so hey, Jamie, I'm so thrilled that you're here. And I'd love to just kind of get really started with, you know, who you are and and how you serve others, because that's what inspired me to reach out to you. So who are you and how do you serve?
1: Wow, that's, that's, I like that. I like the way you put it, how do you serve? Um, yeah, so I, my name is Jamie Elange, and um, I am a Tai Chi and Qigong teacher, and have been doing that, have been learning Tai Chi since the mid-90s, so over <laughs> a while now, over a while, (laughs) over 20 years. And um, I really have served all sorts of people. I really have. For the last three years, I was working in the mental health industry, serving people that um, had mental disorders, like uh, specifically schizophrenia um, and bipolar, and were also convicted of a crime and so they were they were pulled out of um, being incarcerated and they were put in these homes where they were getting treatment and I was going in there and doing group Tai Chi group therapy um and so that was what I was doing for the last three years straight full time and that taught me so much uh, and that was definitely serving um just really going in there trying to uplift, Folks that, you know, you can have a hard time staying calm. And so that was my job to to calm people down, get them into themselves, get, you know, show them how they can access moments of tranquility and peace inside. And how anybody can access that. Um, and uh, and uh, yeah, and prior to that, I was working at a LGBTQ um, gym doing classes for all sorts of folks and really got involved in the specifically the trans community and was, um, teaching Tai Chi and in, inside of that community, which was another eye-opening experience. Um, just seeing, uh, the different versions of yin and yang, you know, or yin and yang, what, what most people would how most people will pronounce it and just seeing how, you know, it's not just yin, it's not just yang, it's the, all sorts of flavors, all sorts of degrees of yin and yang. And, uh, and then part of that, I was serving um, seniors uh, at an assisted living facility uh, when I first got started teaching, uh, teaching people that were in their 90s, which was just amazing, like 90s. And you know, they were doing Tai Chi and some folks had Parkinson's and some folks had Alzheimer's, but they were participating. And I would watch things like um you know people that were had heavy shakes uh in in the parkinsons just settled down while they were doing their tai chi and it was just amazing amazing to watch and and um yeah all of uh 2020 and 2021 i was serving the um the folks at the at basically tiktok uh the the employees of tiktok okay so, <laughs> yeah the the employees um the 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 company that sort of owns tiktok runs tiktok is called byte dance and um so byte dance uh, reached out reached out to me to um to serve their employees from all over the world from um from india indonesia and and um hong kong and and europe and you know, South America, we would do these um, group Zooms for their staff and uh, do all sorts of of, of, of Zooms um, to just settle them down and, and uh, get them into their bodies and all sorts of stress relief. You know, computer programmers are sitting at their desks a lot, at their computers a lot. So I, I was doing that for the last two years, doing sort of corporate wellness Zooms as well. And uh, yeah, and what's funny about all of this serving was that I was a server for 17 (laughs) years in the restaurant industry um, at one restaurant, basically one of the top restaurants in Los Angeles here, like tippy 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 top, um, you know, paparazzi type famous people every night restaurants. And uh, for 17 years while I was attempting to be a musician, uh, have a music career. And um, that is really where I learned to serve because the restaurant, uh, the standard um, was really about going the extra mile um, all the time. And uh, I learned so much about service there that now it's just like, it's just such a natural progression to apply it to what I do here really informs the way I teach.
0: Yeah it's definitely interesting how I I was a server when I was younger as well in my early 20s and it really informs how you grow no matter what industry or career you head into right I mean every all of our experiences of course layer onto each other so it's beautiful that you're bringing that in now and I so I mean a big question I have is okay why Tai Chi you know where did that how did that spark in you or where did that come from?
1: Yeah, I was uh, I was 21 and I was a a business owner. I owned a travel agency with my two best friends. We we set out on our own as entrepreneurs and we we this was um right as the internet <laughs> started kind of, you know, in like 1995. And so um we and and uh a tai chi master walked into our travel agency picking up his airline tickets and his presence was so powerful. And at the time at 21, I knew that I lacked spirituality. I was very disconnected. I was start, we were starting to become successful in our business. And in that moment of sort of paying myself and having a little bit of money as we were doing our business, I was like, Oh, so this is what it's like to have that money question answered. Like, okay, you know, I'm paying myself a little salary and, you know, this is good. And I was, and I felt totally empty inside. And I was like, wow, I have no connection to um, the planet, you know, to myself. It's just sort of like, cool. I got myself like a 1996 Honda passport with leather interior. And like, I got that and I got an apartment (laughs) and, and like, it, there's nothing there's no substance so i realized that and i started to want some sort of spirituality and i wanted uh i liked martial arts when i was younger as a kid and so i wanted a martial art that had a spiritual component and um and i knew that tai chi had that and then the tai chi master walked into my office and said this is your business you're you're a kid and i was like yeah this is our business and he said okay Uh, you're a champion already. So let me show you how to be a Tai Chi champion. And um, so he took me under his wing and I studied for five years and started competing in Tai Chi tournaments, um, which is where you demonstrate your your forms and um, other skills. And, uh, you know, he made me a champion. And so I just studied for five years straight and, you know, really absorbed it all in my 20s. But, Then, uh, you know, then I started to get my thirties and, and, you know, moved back home. This was in Denver, Colorado. And, um, and uh, just started to pursue my music and Tai Chi was more just something like, I just, I just kind of would do on my own whenever I felt like it. It was a very personal experience. Just go out and do my Tai Chi when the moment struck. But then in my forties, after being, In the waiting industry for 15 years, in my late 30s and 40s, my body started to break down. It really did. I broke a toe on one foot and was on disability for three months. And I got right back to work and broke a toe on the other foot and was on disability for another three months. And that, when you break your feet uh, and, you know, it just everything comes from the feet when you stand obviously so it uh it just led to other things um you know extreme tightness uh in my hamstrings and um and uh, yeah I had some wrist injuries and shoulder injuries and so this is when I was like I think I need to get back into tai chi again like seriously and actually that's when I started to learn qigong and because I had learned tai chi um it was very easy for me to learn qigong because they're their um like brother and sister uh and um so i started to teach myself qigong and and found that it was really curing um a back injury that i had like fast it just it got rid of all my back pain in just a couple of weeks and uh and then i was like okay yeah i guess uh my idea of really practicing tai chi when i retired became like now at 40 And um, yeah, and then um, so I really saw it work for myself, I got myself back in good, good shape. And then um, a friend reached out with uh, who ran one of these homes for the folks um, with the mental disorders and asked me to begin teaching there. And uh, it was such a hit there that I left the restaurant. And um, because Uh, it's part of the LA County, um, this program. And so when one house started to enjoy it, all the other houses started to enjoy it. And I started teaching at about 15 houses um, around Los Angeles and then became full-time.
0: Yeah. Wow. And such an interesting group to work with. I can imagine all of the different groups you talked about. So, and so what is for anyone that doesn't really no, what is Tai Chi and then I guess qigong, Gong because you said they're brother sister. So, what are they independently? How do they work together? Yeah, it's kind of like
1: Qigong Gong is is really the the big umbrella that everything falls under. So most people Qi Gong just means energy work. You know, Qi is your your internal energy that powers your body, and then uh, Gong is sort of like the study of so the study of your energy or 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 work. So energy work just like the energy that flows through your body Um, and uh, you know, but the, the categories of of Qigong is like acupuncture, which most people have heard of, you know, acupressure, um, even herbs and, and massage and meditation. These are all different categories of Qigong and movement. So when you just move slowly and you uh, incorporate the breath and you do specific movements that target the internal organs and the internal systems, of the body this is qigong movement so it's very very much like a movement medicine and this is qigong and then there's a division of qigong that has to do with the same slow motion the same uh, and movement but it's martial arts movement and that's the tai chi aspect so tai chi every movement does have a martial arts application or it's a self-defense but Um, Most people don't practice it that because it does have all those health benefits. So in today's day and age, people for actual self-defense are using, you know, a slew of other techniques for, you know, if you really want to get in there, but Tai Chi is a martial art, but we just practice it slow, typically for the health benefits. Some people do, um, of course, practice it for the martial arts still. Um, and I do, but uh, as far as what I teach, um, it's just for the health benefits because it's under that qigong umbrella, that energy work umbrella. So the difference is, is that tai chi does have a every single move is like you know actually doing something in a martial arts nature rather than just you know just for the organs. So um, yeah, so tai chi it's, is a qigong.
0: Okay, and so yeah. what makes it a martial? What's the difference between? what makes it a martial art movement? Is it just the self-defense? Because you also mentioned there's a spiritual component. So, right, because you said, okay, I'm making money, but now I'm this, just feel sort of empty. And so what's, how does the self-defense or martial arts, how does that go into the spiritual side as well? That's interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, great question. Um, Well, one of the main factors of Tai Chi is how to calm down, how to stay calm. I mean, you're rewiring Tai Chi is considered an internal martial art where American boxing, for example, is 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 an external art or or straight Kung Fu uh, where you're, you know, just kind of using speed and strength to uh, overcome your opponent. This would be considered an external martial arts and uh, Tai Chi is an internal martial art where the first things you're working on is how to relax your body. How to remain calm, which it sounds easy to do. Both of those, those take can take years to rewire your system because most of us, especially when we're confronted with a person in front of us, we want to fight or flight, you know. And neither of those is, uh, you know, the one of the main principles of Tai Chi, which is relax um, and be soft like water um, you know, or flow like water and, you know, how softness overcomes hardness is another Tai Chi principle, how to be soft in life. Um, yeah, it doesn't mean getting walked over and just being, you know, completely, but it just means also, you know, how to, yeah, just, just sort of stay connected to someone or something, but remain flowing and remain soft in order to let it go where it needs to go. Um, So these are uh, very spiritual, spirituality type principles that the martial art itself uses, and you literally embody them by while you're moving. How can you stay calm? Most people, when you teach them a choreography like a movement, all of a sudden their shoulders get stiff, their back gets tense. Right? They they start to try to do something. And yes, there's. I'm showing you sort of. What direction to move in, but then we add all of this other tension uh, to it. And so it's this whole process of staying calm, staying relaxed, going slow. These are definitely um you know, spiritual processes that that take take quite a while to embrace uh, and you you embrace them through practice. And then, you know, o- you know over time, they really do, sink into your life and that anger issue that you had really starts to dissipate. Um, you know, that that tension that you're holding in your shoulders or the way your posture sort of is hunched or when you're typing and you're leaning over and you're arching your back funny, you know, these things start to go away as you become a Tai Chi or Qigong practitioner because you're practicing standing a certain way and being a certain way and then they see into your life
0: that's beautiful and I definitely think you embody that it's something that really drew me to you is the way that you present yourself as certainly flowing like water I think even mm-hmm. in the way you speak you know it come, it just exudes from everything that you do and the way that you are and I think that's beautiful and certainly needed <laughs> today when I think the hurry rush sort of feeling is just somehow always around. It just feels like it's, I don't know if it's the online space or a lifestyle component, but it feels like the, this rush feeling and is, is around for many people. It so does. I, I, and I, I am, yeah, I am curious because, um, you know, and congratulations too. I know you just recently became a dad, which is so exciting. Um, And I am curious how you bring it into, you know, being a parent in your, your personal life, because you did mention it's such a it started at least for you as a personal practice so how do you use it in you know your your relationships with you know your partner and and with your new child i think because the way we respond to people closest to us is it can be you know it can be tough when you're so close to someone of course they say things or do things that are challenging so how do you how do you use it in your personal life with those relationships
1: yeah that's a great question i actually haven't thought about that one yet but, um, it, it is, you know, it's kind of just like that simple way of, of, um, taking a breath, you know, taking a beat before you react, uh, just that, that basic stuff that is Tai Chi, uh, instead of just, just reacting, you know, kind of, um, checking in with yourself, um, slowing down your, your responses and just, um, connecting, Um, to the other person, seeing what's there, observing, um, you know, going slow with it. Um, So, yeah, I I, I haven't thought about it too much, but I have been definitely trying to be available more for my wife as, of course, it's, you know, no matter what's the changes on me, it's even more on her. Um, And just developing that patience and uh (laughs) yeah just just work in progress you know
0: yeah i can i can only imagine i mean i i wonder how you create that space so of course with when you're doing you said a choreography so when you're in that practice right you're creating space with the slow movements what are some of the things that you think about because you're so practiced at this right that i think it probably happens unconsciously to some degree you're just even being with you right now, I, f- I don't feel in a rush. I don't feel that there's something that needs to happen. So it's, you're creating a space where you are with your energy. Yeah. But I, so I wonder kind of, maybe it's how, in how you think, like in the way that you're creating this space, is it, because with coaching with me, it's definitely using questions. So I ask a lot of questions, which creates space for people to think and explore new ideas. Yeah. So it seems like definitely the art of silence or pause. There's something there, and how you you present yourself, even in this context, where I don't feel rushed or hurried. Maybe it's also the tone of your voice, how quickly you speak. I'm, I'm trying to understand because you exude such a, it's such a calming and just present energy. I think, and that's, I think we could all use a bit more of that. So I suppose I'm trying to kind of deconstruct and understand. Okay, how what are the elements of that? What are the elements of being flowing? How can we bring that into our our daily lives and interactions more? I know you said slow down and patience yeah. is a good <laughs> a well, good one. It's
1: it's you're gonna like this answer because it's very simple, and the answer is the the two the two principles here, and these are like Tai Chi principles. The uh, uh, principles are very important. It's not just choreography, it's how you do the movements. And these these two hows are, um, so the slowing down, you actually, you know, applying it to movement, you would actually think of something that moves slow. So, um, you know, so, for example, uh, one of the The visualizations that we have in Tai Chi is to move like a setting sun. And if you think about the way everybody's looked at that sunset go down and you just seeing that sunset go down and you it is moving because you're seeing how it, you know, at the very end, when it's just the yellow sun, it just goes down underneath. But it is moving quite like slow and steady. And it does have this sort of effect on you when you watch it. And so, just to have that visualization in your mind or that thought, I'm gonna move like a setting sun, it makes you move so much slower without having to think, let me slow down. Cause that's a different vibe, you know? When a lot of people say they can't slow down, you know, I, I can't do Tai Chi because I can't slow down. I get it, you know? If you think, I just gotta slow down. You're not going to slow down, but if you think, let me be, let me move the way uh, a sun uh, sets, then you can do that. You're like, all right, let me let me mimic. It's it's a lot of like my teacher used to say, you're be the mime. So like you know mime something, like mimic something. Another analogy for slowing down is um, moving like a cloud. So we've all seen the cloud move in the sky. We've looked at the cloud and they they are moving, and you're like, wow. But they're going so slow. But if you, when you move, you're like, I'm going to move like a cloud. Or if you're going to talk to somebody, let me, you know, let me talk the way a cloud would move across the sky. All of a sudden, you're not thinking about the pace. You're not, am I going too fast? You're just being something. You just, right? So that's that's the way we move slow. And then the way we flow is the old example of, uh, in the Tai Chi classics, it says, um, to move like the current of a river. Um, and there's a lot of water analogies. So, you know, water is, is constant and it's flowing. And so, so when we move our bodies, we do embody that, that water element. And, uh, it's, it's just easy to continue and flow and have that, that because you're like, okay, well, how would water be moving? So yeah,
0: I love it yeah. especially the elements that you're talking about so I wonder okay you meant I know there are 5 right and you mentioned water so what are the other ones because this is so I it's actually interesting I did a training around sales but they talked they talked about the sales process in relation to the five elements which I thought was so interesting yeah um, yeah it was sort of uh, I hadn't conceptualized sales or again a way of being with with the different elements so you mentioned water already how can we embody I mean when I think of like metal or wood a river makes sense to me I'm not so sure how to be like wood or like metal those ones always kind of I I had a tough time understanding so I'm curious about how you'd speak to the other elements because water I I can easily visualize how I could be like water
1: yeah, this is a really deep conversation.
0: <laughs> okay, sir. If- <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's some real Taoist, uh, <laughs> uh spiritual high level talk there. So I'll do the best I can. But um, so think about sometimes in like those elements that you're talking about. Um, and it's it's water, fire, wood, earth, and metal. And so um. It's kind of like you could look at it to where you can't always be water, you know. Certain, c- certain c- circumstances, you need to be fire, you know. Certain things, you you just gotta like burn something down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I can't think of what that would be right now, but um, when when you mention metal, you know, some sometimes like um, let's say you have a big to do list, right? You need to like slice through it. You need to hatch it through it. Like you're in the jungle and like whoosh, take it down, whoosh, take it down. You know, that would be like the metal element, you know, just off the top of my head. Right. You know, if you just got a big old long to do list and you just like, whoosh, 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 whoosh. that's like you slicing through that to do list.
0: Oh, um, I like that though. That's like a, like a knife or something. Like, I mean, yeah, I can, I can, that you I can know? get into I could be all right. Slice you through know? It like a knife. <laughs> but you know, like sometimes
1: you know, if your if your employees, for example, are coming to you with a bunch of gripes, you know, and a bunch of things that that need to get changed at the at the um, at the company, then you might need to be that water element and just be like, okay, you know, let me take this in, let me let me flow, and just you know, you know, if you if you approach those employees with fire you know and they're coming at you with fire that might not be a good thing um you know wood i don't know when when you when you mention wood i think of being very sturdy and strong and stable like like um you know perhaps you you know when when there's a tough situation and you need to be strong for another person you know you need to be like somebody's rock or or you know I guess the rock would be like um, the earth element, you know, if you need to be somebody's rock, that would be being somebody's earth element. You know, if you really need to be supportive, um, you know, so so, yeah, that's that's just a little bit of of how I haven't really thought about that. But that's something I really actually do want to explore in my studies is are the five elements uh, a lot more and how to apply that in life.
0: I think you do that really well though in the videos that you make, because you talk about different emotions and those emotions do track to the the elements in some fundamental sense, right? Like the anger and fire. So I, I see you doing that already, I guess, maybe it's not uh, consciously or or that you're planning it out, but I, the way that you're addressing difficult emotions or different emotions, I think you're doing that really well already in your videos.
1: Yeah, you're so you're so you're, you're <laughs> pretty, you pick up on a lot of this. Um yeah, it's interesting, you know, in this in these arts, the the emotions are tied to specific organs is the is the traditional Chinese medicine um theory here. And I, I find that so interesting. And a lot of the people online are really connecting to that aspect of the Tai Chi, I've found. And so uh like like anxiety. And um, is is an emotion that um, is uh, located in our spleen of all the things. The stomach and spleen area is sort of related. And so that's apparently where that lives, which is on the left side of your ribs. Um, And uh, sadness and grief, things of that nature live in the lungs. And fear lives in the kidneys. And um, anger lives actually in the liver. Um, hatred lives in the heart. Um, so, um, it's very interesting. And just by, uh, targeting those specific organs with a movement where the muscles around that organ sort of twist in this opposite direction, the yin and the yang, these movements, they, they, they target, they make the muscles move in these opposite directions, which massages the organ underneath the muscle and the meridian that, that run through that area. And this is what essentially just opens the, the flowing of the chi through the body so that those emotions can sort of pass and move. And that's why even, even aside from Tai Chi, that's why you feel better after a workout, you know, or just, you know, a run or something like that, because you, you've gotten the energy flowing instead of just being stuck.
0: Right. Absolutely. And the, I, That's what I find so foundational about the elements is that they really go through all of nature. And that includes us and our bodies, of course. And it's just so, it's such a foundational system that permeates everything the the way we are, the who we are, how, like our physicality, spiritual, it's just, it's so all encompassing that I've always been really drawn to that. And I think it's beautiful how, and that, again, that word mimic, but we do mimic things in nature because we are nature. And I think somehow there's this tendency to separate ourselves, but
1: yeah, that's I mean. a great point you make there. <laughs> a lot of people forget that that we are nature. And I've been um just making myself go out and take walks or, you know, go to the little canyon and take a hike when when I'm doing too much work and it it instantly even just going for a walk around the block to, you know, get some fresh air and you know, see a tree. It's just like that really has um, that really changes things up. So that's a great point. Nature is everything. And, you know, the old technique of just putting your feet on the earth, that is a very powerful healing technique for things like inflammation and, um, just various ailments. You know, if anybody's listening out there and they're hurting, um, somewhere in their body, um, take your shoes off and put your feet on some grass. And and you will feel totally recharged in you know five minutes. Yeah. Or dirt even, you know.
0: Yeah, it's this question of connection that I think is so important and that includes the dirt, the world around us. It's just, it's how we connect with each other, it's how we connect with ourselves. I that it's something I'm perpetually kind of exploring in in different areas of my life, and I so you, and you do mention though the eight brocades, I think it's called, and I so I wanted to kind of just touch upon that because I I don't know anything about them, but it seems to be something that you work with people using these eight brocades. So what what are they?
1: Yeah, uh, brocade is like a piece of silk. Uh, so it's kind of like uh, um, the eight silken movements is another word for it. it's a It's a Qigong form that is made up of eight movements that's, you know, like 2,000 years old. And um, the movements, uh, each movement sort of um, um, relates to a, a different organ, which then relates to an, a different emotion. And so you do these these eight movements in a sequence. It's a very, like, it's the most popular Qigong set, uh, pretty much, um, and classic. And it's considered a medical Qigong because it does target the organs. And it just um, is a really great way for people to have a general, um, overall um, medical way to routine, to heal um, various things. in the body and the brain and uh, the joints, and it's actually what they were um, practicing in the um, hospitals uh, in China. The nurses were teaching the the, the people that had COVID uh, right in the beginning. They were doing the April Cades. There's there was like a viral uh, photo that went around um, of you know people you know in full sanitized gear uh, doing with the April cages and so. So I love it. it. It's a bit of a challenge because it's like memorizing eight movements. So it's not like something you can just learn um, in a day, but it's, it's, you learn the eight movements, you learn the little sequence, you practice it the rest of your life. And it just, it gives you this boost of energy right after you do it. And um, then it has all these other mental, physical Benefits as well, so yeah, it's definitely a standard of mine. I, I like to teach just standard classic routines. I don't typically like to to make anything up or or design my own or or sort of create something away. Um, typically, Tai Chi and Qigong is is very um, very strict in the way that that they teach things in order for the arts to not get diluted. Um, you know, at all because there there's standard ways to do it. So so I like to teach all the classic stuff, like the April Cades.
0: Yeah, I I think it's beautiful and important because, like you said, it has so many different implications. So when we there's something in discipline there when you can really master yeah. a certain movement and be committed to it, there's something. Well, yoga is similar. So I guess that's another really big question. Like what, because I've definitely explored the yoga world. How do they play together or do they at all? What's, do you, I mean, do you do yoga? Like how, I, I don't know if you've got any thoughts there, but what, how do they, I think they're related in the sense that their movement and they certainly target the organs, but maybe it's the origins that are different. And so they just came from two different traditions. Is that
1: yeah I mean definitely yoga you know, and I know some people blend both of them um a couple um uh, Qigong teachers that I know do that very well um but um yeah i I just i i every time I've explored yoga, unfortunately, um I haven't had um enough attention from the teacher, and therefore I would injure myself. Um, and I've talked to some yoga teacher friends of mine, and, and they've explained that it's not the yoga, because yoga is good. It's just that, you know, they the teacher wasn't necessarily going around to checking to see if you were doing it right, you know, and if, if they were, you probably wouldn't have injured yourself. Um, so um, I just typically enjoy the Tai Chi and the Qigong because I just like being upright on my feet. It just sort of works for my body a little bit better. Um, for whatever reason, if I'm down and putting too much pressure on my wrists and shoulders, it just tends to, um, not work for me. So, uh, one of the main differences is that in Qigong and Tai Chi, you are always on your feet, just upright. Um, actually being straight up and down is a, is a main, um, a main principle talking about your spine being like a string of pearls hanging from the heavens. We want our spine to be straight up and down as opposed to being, um, having that big curve in the lower back that we naturally have. And that curve comes into purpose so that we can do all sorts of bends and, and we can, you know, do our, that, but in Tai Chi, um, we actually uh, flatten that curve to, um, it, it's it's a it's a it's a big deal. that area uh, in the low back is called the life gate between our lumbar two and lumbar three and you it the the chi flows from top to bottom uh, in this really nice way connecting the top and the bottom if that if that low back is straight. So we tuck our pelvis just a little bit to straighten out that lower back um to to remain vertical and that sort of the concept is that the energy flows top to bottom and all sorts of other things happen as well. But um, yeah, yoga is amazing. And, you know, um, I just, I, I am not that familiar. I know that yoga is involved with the chakras. Um, and um, so that, that, con- that concept isn't necessarily, um, you know, we don't use the word chakras in Tai Chi, but I know that they're all related uh, and, and it's just an Indian version versus a Chinese version. And, and, you know, uh it you know, a lot of the Indian stuff um came actually over to China back in the day. Um and a lot of the Chinese concepts uh came out of the Indian concepts. Um so,
0: so yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I I yeah, I well certain I know that they all on the Ayurvedic side and Chinese medicine on the like herbal side, I know they really kind of both are so integrated there. That's something that I I think the western world is catching up with those things but it's and they have their own ways with plants and you know like there's more of the yeah I'm not an expert on on this side of things at all but I I do find it interesting again how they integrate with the earth using herbs and I think there's some practices with different groups in the western world but they've just refined it and have such specificity on which herb when they combine herbs and have treatments for so many things and I think yoga and Tai chi are such a beautiful way to work with the body through movement that I don't if I go to like a fitness class at a YMCA or you know like more aerobic I don't it doesn't have the same spiritual connection as you mentioned and the the metaphors or analogies to reference and visualize and then the organ connection like it it feels like they've got a really cohesive system going on with yoga anti-chi and, and all of their philosophies whereas yeah maybe i'm just not as tapped in and maybe it's more modern culture than again because if you look at like mayan civilizations i mean certainly there there's absolutely a reference to different elements and using nature's wisdom and all of that so it's more great yeah yeah
1: yeah just the difference something that people find interesting that i'd like to share with your audience is is uh something i read out of the um Harvard Medical Guide to Tai Chi. It's just this great book by a Harvard doctor who is also a longtime Tai Chi practitioner. And he, and one thing they they talk about in their big takeaway is the seventy percent rule. And you're talking about like fitness classes and you know Western society. And in Tai Chi, it's totally just like you said, it's the opposite. And they they talk about the seventy percent rule to only go 70%, which is just like, kind of blows some people's minds, you know, in, in in the Western world, oh, wow, we have to go 110%, you know, 111, 150%, whatever it is. <laughs> um, and then we wonder why, you know, there are so many injuries and people get hurt doing that 110%. And especially as you get older. Um, so, so we have this thing, it's this whole thing in Tai Chi, you're definitely not pushing yourself to go 100%. You have to listen to your body and definitely, definitely do not go beyond uh, what you know you, you can't do. So whenever I find myself in some sort of aerobic fitness uh, space, I always am that guy that's just like he isn't into it you know and 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 just I'll lay back if this isn't some sort of competition or or whatever uh then I'm just like you know really monitoring my body to make sure that I'm not pushing it to where I know that I won't be able to walk the next day or I might I might pull a hamstring or something and it is that 70% rule to where you don't have to extend your arm all the way above your head you can just go about 70% and um, you know, just just not going to the extremes is is a big thing there. So so maybe some people some of your listeners can just take that in and just, you know, we often hurt our own self for no reason just because the group is doing it or you know we're we're pushing ourselves too hard. so yeah,
0: oh, I love that. Funny. I think I think I, I need to hear that everyone needs to hear that because absolutely when. Uh, there's such a tendency but the i think that extra 30% and and beyond i think the performance suffers anyway so you can you can be 150% but what what are you really kind of squeezing out of that or what are you getting i think it, it's really suboptimal and i mm-hmm. i love it I, because i've heard also about eating till 70% or so full right so not not so it's it's this concept of just not excess but i don't know if it's balanced It's more just humble or sort of, it's a, it's just enough. It's not too much, too little. It's this balanced, really like satiated, but not too much, not too little. It's this beautiful balance kind of idea that I think we all. That's great. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Like being content and that's hard with eating. You know, I I find that hard. Like I love to eat and (laughs) it's just like, oh, let me just eat till I can't. And it's very difficult. Being content. Yeah. Um, joy is actually one of the excesses in, in, in the, the five element wor- world. Uh, um, joy lives in our heart and, you know, like happiness and joy and love. But the philosophy is, is that you can actually have too much joy and then it becomes a problem, you know, just like, you know, too many, too much of a good thing is not necessarily a good thing anymore
0: yeah which i also think is a beautiful concept because if we're pushing we think more is better often but as you just outlined it's it's not necessarily and actually that moderation being able to moderate come back to the middle obviously there are extremes in life but being able to find our way back to the middle is actually the the beneficial or the the beautiful point to be at so the extremes are a part of life but it i took a a Buddhism and mindfulness course at university, and she kind of talked about it like a circle. And then when you're meditating, you know, you go out to the edges, but you you're always kind of coming back to that main point of focus. And it almost looked like a flower because she just she kept kind of going like this back to the center point. And I think that ability to come back to the center point and be aimed at that center point is it's easy to forget about when we're out in the edges. <laughs> but ah, come
1: um, on back, come on back. Yeah. You no, know, uh, that, that reminds me of actually, I have been sober for, let's see, this August will be, I think two years. I don't, I, and I mean, sober from, um, just marijuana, you know, has, was my like, um, nighttime little treat, you know, um, you know, uh, for, for many, many years. And, um, so for two years now, there's been none of that. and um and uh it was because I was tired of the highs and lows. I was tired of getting really high and then coming all the way back down and just and then you know going up again and then going way down past the middle. And I just got to that point where I was just like, I just want to be in the middle. I just want to be able to regulate my own emotions a little, you know, a lot more and just be have that balance instead of just being like, woohoo, and then oh, <laughs> you know, so that that's the reason why why I've remained what has kept me sober, um, for for you know, going on almost two years now.
0: Yeah, for me, it was drinking, and I, I stopped drinking in 2019, so it's been. years and I same sort of idea like being drunk was this fun kind of sometimes not fun but you know rush and then just the the hangover it's the same sort of idea and that's it's the excess I think the extreme yeah and people you know money people do it in all sorts of areas of their lives right like we've talked about but I think it's and that's what's interesting as a kid you kind of early 20s like you're really testing the extremes like what are the limits what are and then as people age I find they kind of come into that a bit I don't know I see it as like this sort of curve and they sort of come into this balance where they they sort of know they know what they who they are and how they want to be and they kind of have that sorted to some degree not always but but it's sort of this interesting thing in life I think that happens too with the way we grow like we're kind of testing and then we I don't know how to explain it like we Sort of come back to vibrating at this middle point, like we we reach that set point somehow.
1: Yeah, I I I totally agree with that. I, I'm a very late bloomer, as <laughs> I just turned forty nine. Oh, um, I
0: can't even believe that. You like it's <laughs> that's another thing I think. Oh my goodness, and time. I want to make sure we, but yeah, how how does this impact you know vitality and and feeling? I know you've mentioned you get energy after, let's say, you do the eight brocades, but how have you seen it kind of transform? beyond just okay healing injuries and you get to that kind of point but these sort of benefits of vitality because you are you're such a youthful it's, it's not even young it's it's vitality really I don't think it's an age question it's really like you have this life force vitality of, um, yeah that, that you represent so how how does tai chi work with that or how, what have you what do you do if there's other stuff outside of tai chi because you you look amazing and you're just so you're so vibrant Thank you. It 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 uh it just is this feeling of
1: um of energy, having the energy, having the the energy to to go. I used to never be able to keep up with my wife um on the trails and on, you know, and when when we would travel, how she'd just have these um really long agendas for the day. And that's no longer a factor. Um, just having that vitality, it's just it's just, it's just like having, um, reserves of fuel that, uh, you know, don't really deplete. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just as simple as that. It's just this great feeling of, of just having stamina and, um, and it, you know, it even affects the libido, uh, um, as well. Um, and so it, you know, raises that and, uh, Yeah, the the, the feeling of not used to being able to be keeping up with my wife was just a yucky feeling. You know, she'd be disappointed if I was lagging behind on the trail or whatever. And now, you know, it's like this joke where she's getting winded. She doesn't do Tai Chi or Qigong, you know, and she'll she'll be winded. And I'll be like, okay, the tables have turned.
0: (laughs) Yeah, sure. And it well, and I think it's interesting you mentioned libido because people shy away from sexual energy or it's this hidden it's often hidden right we kind of don't want to talk about it but i think the sexual energy is so powerful and such a big part of being vital being youthful youthful the reason being youthful is i think partially really attractive is because of that fertility because of that vitality that comes from our sexual energy so i think it's i i just think it's logical and important to to mention that or have that be also an indicator for people right like and and look at true what true libido is right like not cheap porn or things that are that are I don't think that's a true marker of libido or that's it's more like this weird if you listen to Andrew Huberman but he talks a lot about dopamine right so it's more of like a reward kind of like that nighttime treat that you talked about with weed it's not so much an actual marker of true vitality by means of looking at your libido, you know, because your libido is signaling to you, okay, you're healthy, because when you're healthy, you want to procreate, you want to continue your lineage, that's a part of being a healthy human being. So I think it's a, I think it's an important marker that you're mentioning, that people sort of shy away from for some reason, it's hidden.
1: Yeah. And I think personally, I, I I channel a lot of that energy into just the energy I give give out to people. You know, it doesn't necessarily wow. have to be to to the act of having sex either, you know, um, it can be channeled just into to love. you know sharing, sharing love with everyone.
0: I think that's really interesting. no, it's fascinating to that's another thing that people often think of it in this one really siloed way, right? Okay, libido means this and it has to be with my partner or be sex. That's what libido translates to. So I think it's really fascinating that there's this whole world of, no, you can transmute that energy for, for others, for the yeah. service, for serving, which you do amazingly well. So, hey, I just want to thank you so much for being here today. It's meant a lot to me and I'm sure everyone's going to gather a lot from, we, went, we covered a lot of ground. I think.
1: yeah we did it was a pleasure this was great what a what a free-flowing flowing like water talk we had that was good, amazing yeah. <laughs> thanks for having me we'll
0: yeah. have to do it again i really think I, this this last piece is fascinating to me transmuting our energy into different channeling it into different places so that might have to be our part two at some point
1: sounds good yeah we can get into that
0: thanks so much for taking the time to listen to this episode today It really helps the show when you like, review, subscribe, or donate to support the effort to continue producing amazing episodes just like this one. I look forward to seeing you again in another episode very soon, and take good care until then.